Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As sports keep coming back, so does your chance to bet on them with our exclusive wedging partner, betonline.ag. Wedging baseball is in full swing, and there are no shortage of ways to get on the action. BetOnline has all the odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. Also, tune in as Floyd Money Mayweather joins the BetOnline team in a new segment called The Ice is Right, where he talks about his expansive jewelry collection. He'll give you the chance to win some great prizes and bet on the cost of his bling. Visit betonline.ag today to check out all the odds and up-to-date sports news. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the Welcome Back sports bonuses. BetOnline, your wagering online experts. All right, guys, welcome to another Pit Panther Rants, another Sportsman's Podcast. Vlad Harris, your host, brought to you by Armchair Media and betonline.ag. Hashtag take a seat. Excuse me, I'm drinking some water. It's been a month. My last podcast was on June 27th, I believe. And I don't know. I just really, well, I've been in the process of moving. I can say that. I mean, there's a lot going on in my personal life right now that I won't get too heavily into. But, you know, I'm in the process of moving right now. And that and my job got a lot busier because as Texas opened up, so did all the COVID cases, which means so did all of our work, all the all all that revenue that we were we were losing from the hospitals. Well, we all we got it all back because while well, we opened up the uh, opened up everything, and well, a lot of things happened. We had a lot of spike in COVID cases, and the thing is, is um, obviously the protests are getting blamed for this. Well, they've been blamed. But when you know when the governor announced he was going to reopen the state, little by little, people just stopped caring, and well, this is what you end up with. You know, bars were still filled, people are still doing what they're doing now. You know, I won't say you know a relative of mine lives down here now, and well, there was a picture of her at the pool, and it was the pool was packed. I don't know, guys. I mean. The complex I was living in, they had some positive cases. Even one of their workers got, you know, so much. But let's just get away from all that. And today I wanted to make this a pit-centric podcast. And when we're not talking about all the crap that's going on. And I know professional sports is back, but we'll get into that later this week. I've got some other ideas for what I want to do with my podcast. You know, some lighter side stuff, I guess you can say. But today is a pit centric one, you know. Although I watched the Pens on Sat, was yeah Saturday, and that was disappointing. You know the five twelve matchup doesn't matter what sport it is. It's, a, it's, one that never ends well. But I think the Pens will win the series. Um, it, it's just Montreal's gonna make them work for it. I mean, when you run into a goaltender like Carey Price, 
you're going to have a bad time. Penn's had every chance to win that game but and take control of the game, but they just gave it back. I mean, Connor Sherry's penalty shot, I mean, I sat and I watched that, and that's some shit that you do in, in Nintendo ice hockey. I mean, that's that was a Nintendo ice hockey fucking penalty shot. I mean, that's... I mean, you really think a goaltender is going to give you that much fucking room? And I believe it was his fucking blocker side. Do you really think he's going to... I mean, Carey Price practically freaking bluffed him. I mean, the guy was a poker player, and, and that's really what happened here. You can't... You know, when you take a penalty shot... I mean, I, I played ice hockey, I mean, and all kind of hockey. I'm sure you guys played some sort of sport. You don't let your opponent fucking bluff you. You don't let them be the bluffer. You got to be the one that bluffs. You got to be the one that makes them sweat. And Connor, you know, going hand in hand, well, Carey Price just ate his lunch and, and didn't have to have, didn't really have to do much effort in doing it because Connor wasn't one to challenge him. Connor, stop being a pussy. And next time you take a penalty shot, you challenge him. I mean, I mean, if you're going to do something like that, just take a fucking slap shot. Go right at him if he's going to give you that much room. Don't take no stupid-ass wrist shot. Freaking slap that shit. Ugh, sorry, guys. I mean, that's just... I mean, if you're not going to go at Carey Price and you're going to do crap like that, just take a goddamn slap shot, for God's sakes. Who cares? And who cares if people make fun of you and you commit an unwritten rule of, of hockey by taking a slap shot like, you know, you know, five, you know, a few inches from the goalie? Who cares? You're trying to win a goddamn game. Anyways. A lot's happening in, in, in the world of Pitt. Um, let's start with all the bad news. Uh, first of all, Pitt had a decommit in football, Trevian Stevenson. I thought this was hilarious because when he committed to North Carolina, um, Chris Peak sent out a, um, a tweet that said, Former ODU, ODU commit, former pick commit, commits to North Carolina. I thought that was freaking hilarious. I mean, I mean that was that was like grade A petty. But I give props to Chris for the uh, for the innovation on that one. Obviously, I've read one of the articles, and Trevian obviously fell in love with the North Carolina staff, and they've been building relationships with them supposedly for a while now. But if that's the case, then why the hell do you commit the pit then? And what was crazy about it was, three days before his decommit, he's doing all this, all this um, Twitter art, you know, videos and stuff, and he can't wait to get the pit. And three days later, he's decommitting. He's going to North Carolina, and he makes his own video. Um, I don't know why he decommitted the pit. Maybe he just got bored and he wanted to make another commitment video. You know, he just he's young. Maybe he just needs something to do and. He needs to do some more artwork. Anyways, at the end of the day, it's his future. And if he's happy there, that's all matters. Good for him. Except when he plays against us. Also, another um, thing of bad news, Jalen hood Shafino decommits from Pitt. That's Pitt Hoops. He was an early commit, and you know how these go with pit hoops. Doesn't matter who the coach is, whether it's Dixon or Capel, pitches can't seem to hold on to guys who commit 
three years in advance. <laughs> you know, we had, you know, an early commitment from Terrell Pryor, and, and then he realized how good he was in football. But, you know, and then he went for football. And he went to uh, Ohio State, and he had a you know, pretty storied career, I guess you can say. I mean, went to the NFL, and I think now if Terrell Pryor would come out, I think he would be a star in the league because he'd actually have some coordinators to work with him where he wouldn't be, you know, it'd be like Lamar Jackson pretty much, and a lot of these other quarterbacks that are out. I mean, I think he'd be... Or star, you know, not so much a star, but he would you know, he'd be playing quarterback, not receiver. Although you know, supposedly Dave Wanstead said his future was wide receiver, and you know, Pryor obviously wasn't too happy with that. But Terrell Pryor ended up at wide receiver, and he had a really good year. He had one really good year in Cleveland, and Cleveland offered him a really good deal. Terrell took a gamble and went to. Went to uh, the Redskins. And for some reason, he underperformed. And they said he needed a lot of work. I mean, he went from pretty much... If he would just took the money for Cleveland, all he had, all he would have to do was just show up and make his money, and that was it. I mean, he probably could have been the go-to guy and whatnot, but he felt if he can go to Washington and perform, he can get a long-term deal and a bigger and a mega deal. But, I mean, obviously he overvalued himself and he went to Washington. And if you look at that team, that team for the most part was hot garbage and he couldn't really do anything. So now he's out of football and that's about it, really. He's out of football. So he took a gamble and didn't pay off. And, well, that's where he's at. So, I mean, I'm sure I... He's got plenty of money from what he made from Ohio State and God, I mean, selling autographs and whatnot. I mean, he, the guy would still make money no matter what. I mean, it's like those one-hit wonders. I mean, they may have one good album, but they'll make other, they still make all their money from touring. You know, I was listening to, um, I think it was years back, I listened to um, Sirius Radio with um, you know, the old school hip-hop station. God, I forget what it's called. It was Ed Lover used to host it, but they had Cisco on, and he, you know, who did you know, he did the thong song and whatnot, and he he makes a lot of his money. To, he said he makes a lot of his money touring now. He said he didn't. He made so much off that album that he really had to make really get too creative anymore, and he can just go and tour, and people will still go to shows. And he makes money, so I'm sure Pryor will make his money no matter what autographs and whatnot. I mean, I'm sure he will get taken care of in Columbus. But in terms of other early commits, there was Herb Pope. And Herb just went to the deep end and went to Seton Hall, and we never really saw much of him ever again. I mean, he did play pretty well at Seton Hall, but I think he ended up in jail, and I'm not sure what he's doing now. I think he may have cleaned himself up. Maverick Rowan was an early commit, and his dad got a job somewhere, and they he left everything went to Florida. And... He ended up at NC State and tried to go to the NBA, and now he's in the G League or whatever, you know, developmental league he's in now. Hopefully one day they'll have, somebody will have a use for him. And then there was Mustafa Heron. 
he was a prize recruit, and once Orson left, and went, and pretty much the whole recruiting class fell apart at Pitt. We ended up losing Mustafa Heron, too. So, yeah. But, I mean, as far as Jalen Hushafina goes, he's a real good player, and, of course, bigger schools are going to talk to him, and he owes it to himself to listen to them. Because it's his future, and, of course, we... Pitt's going to be still on the top of his list, but I doubt he ends up at Pitt. He probably goes to a bigger school where he'll probably get taken care of a lot more, and he'll get a lot more perks. You know, it doesn't It's not to say that Pitt wouldn't give him any perks. Plenty of Pitt Hoops players have left Pitt, and they've been successful, but, you know, he was something bigger than that, and whatever. I mean, it is what it is. Now on some good news, Elliot Donald committed to Pitt, defensive lineman from Central Catholic. Um, Pitt obviously cracked the top 25 in the rivals rankings, which is you know pretty cool, I guess. I believe he's a four-star lineman, and he had a uh, top eight that was pretty healthy. Pretty Now, he had a top eight that included Michigan, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Penn State, Texas A&M, West Virginia. And the fame national champion at LSU. Um, that's pretty good. Pretty good, you know, crop of uh, schools to p- be picking with. And well, not to mention he's related to Aaron Donald, who was the number I think number four overall and in, in the NFL top one hundred. I think he was higher than that. I'm not sure to look, but I think he was he was very high. Lamar Jackson was number one, which is to me kind of baffling because I would put Lamar Jackson top ten, but definitely not number one overall. I think the NFL Network just did that because, well, they've got better things to do than argue with people on Twitter. So if they if they just give it, you know, Lamar Jackson the number one overall, they don't have to worry about that anymore. You know, it's less stress on them, and people are happy. But a legacy coming to pit that's big because that's great. Because I would say four or five years ago, Elliot Donald probably doesn't end up at Pitt. He probably ends up at Penn State or, well, not West Virginia. He probably ends up at either Penn State, probably in Notre Dame, Michigan, or Ohio State. I don't think he ends up at Pitt. I think if if anything, he probably ends up at our, at the at Penn State. More than more than likely. I mean, I remember the one recruiting year Dave Wanstead had, where he had two legacies commit to Penn State. He had Miles Diefenbach, who I think his dad didn't play football, but he did something with Pitt athletics. I think tennis. I think. But the one that really hurt was Tom Ricketts. And what really hurt made this one hurt was because the kid and the Ricketts family, they went to the pit games. And they wore the pit gear. They tailgated. And he went in and he fell in love with Penn State and he committed to them. I mean, when you have legacies that go elsewhere, it's never a fun thing. And, well... Pitt's, you know, despite losing you know, Trevon Stevenson, Pitt has a really, you know, still has a really good recruiting class. And, you know, they lost one, but they added Aaron, you know, they added Elliot Donald. And 
it's a really good class. So I'm pretty excited about it. And on top of that, as we move on, Pitt has their revamped football schedule. They have five home, five away. Now they're five home. Their five home are Louisville, NC State, Notre Dame, Syracuse, and Virginia Tech. On the road, they get Clemson, Florida State, Miami, Boston College, Virginia Tech. I guess I'll eventually dig into this deeper, but Pitt obviously has got a tough schedule ahead of them. Off the top of my head, I'm looking at well. Let's see. Let's look at the let's look at the schedules right now. Let's see. Louisville, NC State are no doubt winnable games because they're not that good. Uh, Syracuse is winnable. Not sure about Virginia Tech. You know, I think at home it's winnable. Notre Dame is winnable. Actually, all five of these home games are winnable. I say Pitt probably wins at least four of them. On the road, though, Pitt's got Clemson, Florida State, Miami, Boston College, Georgia Tech. Mm. Boston College, Georgia Tech, they should be able to win those games. Florida State, it all depends. Not sure how that works out. Miami may be a little tougher, and of course there's Clemson. And that's their Clemson. The hilarious part about this is the fact that the if you looked at the schedules, somehow the Carolina teams got to avoid Clemson. Not sure how it happened, but they got to avoid them. And not like it matters anyway. I mean, they're not going to, you know, who knows how the bowl season begins. I mean, 10-game schedule, I don't know. I'm not going to dig too much deep into this right now. I mean, there's, well, a lot to get into, but, you know, we obviously lose Miami, Ohio, Rich, you know, Richmond, and Marshall. I mean, the, the, the schedule's a lot tougher. I mean, what is usually a typical 7-8-1 season for Pitt we're looking at between four and six wins this year. God, that sucks being a Pitt fan sometimes. But you know what? It's I mean, it's funny we get the, it's funny that we get our like a, a, a really good loaded team this year, and of course, well, a loaded schedule. Oh well, it's part of life. It's part of being a Pitt fan, and who knows? Maybe a little maybe Pitt will blow the doors out and win all ten games, and you know. Yeah, just maybe. You never know. But let me, guys, let's talk to you guys about Manscaped. 2020 has been a year of things happening that are out of your control. But there's one thing you can't control, and it's shaving your bush. And, of course, with Father's Father's has passed, you obviously missed out because, well, you enjoy showering with your dad on Father's Day. And of course, well, this Manscaped product would have been a great thing to use. But you know what? There's going to be another Father's Day. There's going to be another plenty of other Father's Days coming up. And why not gift your dad next time with the lawnmower 3.0? It's a premium electric trimmer. 
it's got more battery space, more battery life, I should say. It's waterproof. I mean, because you, you know, your dad, you and your dad, you can pass the, the lawnmower three O back to each other, man. You can you can share it. All kind of other neat stuff. If you go now, use the promo code armchair, get twenty percent off and free shipping. So grab twenty twenty by the horns and start shaving that front trunk. I totally boggled that whole um, ad read. And um, I sure wrote that down more, but you know what? I just, oh well, never mind. Anyways, um, a <laughs> big shout out to Pete C. Windows, as he calls himself on Twitter. Actually, his Twitter handle is at AC underscore or underscore Windows, AC or Windows. Um, he, um, Posted something. If you, this is the background to my live ad read for Manscaped. Um, he threw out a tweet saying, "If you want to enjoy the um, the fruits of um, basically, sh- you know, of the tradition of shining with your dad on Father's Day, gift him with Manscaped." It was something like that, and Manscaped, I guess, caught the tweet, and they're like, "Wait, what?" And he replies, "What?" And then a whole bunch of people re- start replying back saying. Yeah, I thought everybody shared with their dad on Father's Day. <laughs> and it was just it was just downhill from there, but it was great. I always told him I was gonna use this. In fact, you know, I need to get him on. So yeah, I need to get him on all my podcasts. And I need to get definitely Warzu as well because when those two get together on Twitter, they're they're kind of fun. Um, Warzu is pretty good with betting. Um, he will also get pissy over pizza review, over over certain pizzas that get you know that appear in Yelp. When they had that whole Twitter Pittsburgh pizza poll, I think the guy almost. Uh, he almost had a falling down moment on a, on a few of those, and I think one of them was when Betos got beat by Sorrentos or whatever shitty pizza that you know we all loved in college. Yeah, he you know you know Betos lost, and that was pretty much downhill for him. He was pretty pissed off. But as far as AC goes, he's a Lincoln Place guy like me. We both. We're both from Lincoln Place and born and raised, but we don't admit that we are from there because it's not, it's something you should never do if you ever want to get laid. You should never admit you're from Lincoln Place. I just remember, you know, in college when I lived with my parents still, I used to go in the Pittsburgh chat rooms and I would try to talk to girls and when they would ask me where I was from, you know, I would say Lincoln Place and two things would happen. One... I would never get a reply back from the girl. Or two, they would ask me, where the hell is that? So I had to start using West Mifflin or Munhall because, well, nobody knows where Lincoln Place is at and nobody's ever freaking heard of it. But that's just something me and him have had to live with all these years. And that's what my barber said. My barber was from Lincoln Place too at one point. He was a body, he was a weightlifter and I think he joined the Pagans, and I think he's back now, I think. He he joined the Pagans, and he's back. And But I remember him telling me that 
If you're from Lincoln Place, your dang options are very limited. And that's only if you want to stay true to your roots. If you're from Lincoln Place and you want to stay true to Lincoln Place, well, you're either going to either marry a woman woman from Lincoln Place, a woman from Greenfield, or from Hazelwood. That's pretty much your three options. And that's it. But as I look at his uh, Twitter uh, page, well, I'm not going to give out his 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 last name, but it's, it looks like an Italian name. You know, it's I guess I, uh, for example, like if it, you know, if it, say his last name was Shuley. If it was like Colin Dunlap tweeted, it'd be like, "Wow, Shuley, Pittsburgh name, Pittsburgh Italian name, Pittsburgh Italian name, Shuley. Wow, great name." I don't know about you guys, but this weekend, my family and I, we're going to hang out with Mr. Shuley. And we're having a great time. Not sure what the other losers are going to do, but I'm going to do that. Stay tuned on Monday as we try to talk to uh, certain Twitter athletes that have blocked us. Yeah. That's pretty much that. Anyways, guys, let's close this out. I got one last thing to talk about. LaShawn McCoy signs with the Bucks. And um, I think it's a good signing because he's going to be with Gronk. He's going to be Brady. And I think he's going to get the ball a lot more. I mean, he got the ball in Kansas City, but not a whole lot. Because with Pat Mahomes as your quarterback, he's going to throw the ball to whoever receiver. And Shea was like one of the top backs on, on that team. But as the playoffs started, he kind of folded, faded. And when the Super Bowl came, he didn't have, they freaking scratched him. I mean, at least give him a goddamn carry for once. Anyways. I'm going to end this here. Have a great week, you guys. Hell to pit. Talk to you later. Bye.